I'd like to start by learning about you. Um, who are you? What are you passionate about? Okay, so first of all, I started at Bayer um, on July 1st last year, so it's pretty recent. Um, coming out, you know, as a pharma person, one of those, one of those. Um, before Bayer, I was uh, with Sanofi, and before Sanofi, I was with Novartis. Um, originally, I was not really supposed to be in pharma, okay? Um, by training, I'm a veterinarian. Really? <laughs> Did not know that. It's pretty interesting because, you know, veterinary medicine is something that has a lot of super practical aspects, and we also understand how you operate in a very, I would say, constrained setting in terms of budget, in terms of tools and everything. Um, it was a very interesting uh, place to be. But after I dived into science and after my PhD, I entered a bit by chance, the industry. And then people, when I came to Novartis, they put me in front of a computer and they told me, okay, those are FMetrix data. They are coming from samples of a clinical trial. Do something with it. And then started also my very big interest and passion for really data and what the data can bring into the way we understand, I would say, the physiology, the pathology, and how we can actually do a much better job about understanding what a clinical description of a patient needs. Mm. So, started from there, we did a lot of things on trying to understand stratifying patients, trying to understand how you match mechanisms to uh, disease and what it means in the real world. Uh, for the people, for the patients, for the physicians. And I you know trying to find new ways of running the industry, bringing in new technologies uh, to make what we do in pharma better, more efficiently, faster, um, and in the end, you know, providing a better service to the society has been really a driving force throughout what I'm doing. And naturally, of course, digital came in. Right. You know, when you have been working... Um, and at, at which point from Novartis, Sanofi, Bayer, did you first start to see digital really coming in to pharma? I mean, just... Over can, the years, I mean. Over the years. Um, you, know, you cannot imagine how it feels when you were starting to see the possibility of getting into a data-driven digital world um, not having enough computing power, not having enough data, not having access to all of those things. And so seeing that as a dream, and all of a sudden, you see that movement, you see the complete change in situation in access, and then you see that it can become true. Right. And at one point, you know, I would say like five, four, five years ago, when we started to work also at Sanofi with the... Um, uh, discussing the collaboration with Verily, and you say, well, now it's the time. Now, everything that we were sometimes daring to dream about can become a reality. We just need to push it. So when we, when we first met, one of the things we talked about um, was Minitel. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who who don't know what Minitel is, Minitel is uh, the French network, or the, the network in France that 
every home had. Um, was this 30, 40 years ago, 30 years ago? Um, and it's, it's just interesting to think about how, and, and the Minitel system, you could basically have e-commerce, you could book train tickets, you could uh, book travel. Every home in France had this, and I used to use, um, this is probably in the early 90s or late, late 80s, a Minitel system here in the United States to do live chat um, with my pen pal in France. So this was before AOL, this is before there really was instant messenger here. So to think about um, this context, I, a concept I like to call the um, health innovation paradox, where in some sense it seems that things are taking a long time. So we had Minitel and this network for decades, yeah. right? Um, but at the same time, um, things are also moving very rapidly. Um, what's your view on how innovation is moving specifically in, in pharma and, and digital innovation? Is it, is it moving too fast? Is it moving too slow? Is it both at the same time? Um, there is a famous quote that says, the future is already there. It's not just evenly distributed. So um, the straight answer, it's both. Sometimes it's going super fast. And I mean, in this environment, things are going super fast. The problem be a bit more the adoption and the integration that is still super slow. Mm. And if I take an analogy, I would say, you know, um, after the genome was sequenced, actually one Caucasian genome was sequenced, we were all super enthusiastic saying that well, we're going to solve everything. Then we realized that there may be some intermediate steps, and then we'll say, okay, but at least we can use genetic, and we can use a lot of this omics that we're you know, really developing quickly um, to do diagnostic. And then came in all the whole problematic of how do you develop the diagnostic, the necessary investments in new diagnostics, and how do you get the diagnostic business to work with the pharma business? Mm -hmm. And many times, it actually clashed. And even if you take, uh, for example, Roche, which has integrated the diagnostic division and the pharma division, it's not obvious to get those two to work together from a business point of view. And I think it's one of the lessons we can have from the past, which is how do you also plan for your business model and how do you plan the investments and return for both parties collaborating ahead of time in a given healthcare context? Because this is, I think, the key of going fast or and going well versus getting you know, stuck as many uh, companies working at the time in molecular diagnostic mm -hmm. did. How, how do you think we break those silos down? How do we get more collaboration um, both within industry, but also more broadly. I mean, how can we break these silos down in your view? It's, you know, we all want to break silos, but we all spend our time after, you know, reconstructing our comfort zone. It's a discipline, you know, breaking silos, it's really about a permanent discipline. And also trying to see that what we are doing, it's not, just a business about developing a certain product and selling a certain product. It has to be in the context. So it's a willingness to collaborate, a willingness to 
speak the other language and try to, to find, you know, realign the communication and realign the goals. Because in the end, those collaborations are really meant to solve pain points, bottlenecks. And it's refocusing on the task at hand that we can already force you know, um, and break the silos. Because you know, it's human nature, you like to rebuild your comfort zone, so you have to revisit and be vigilant all the time, us as an industry, um, and when also we collaborate with uh, other companies. Do you feel um, we're making progress? Do you feel we're in a unique moment? Um, are we moving faster? Are things getting better? What's, what's your view on maybe where we are today as we enter this new decade, 2020? Um, I'm super optimistic that things are gonna get better. I'm super optimistic that we are actually indeed at a unique moment in time. Um, why that? Because of you know, all the innovation around, all this possibilities are unlocked by the digital world and everything that happened in terms of you know, the progress on the data, the progress on the computing power, the accessibility uh, of new complex data architecture for a broader number of people. Um, all the new technical and uh, I would say data analytics are there behind to help. And at the same time, we are all in a situation where we need to change, where we as an industry in healthcare globally need to change because we are facing a very big challenge. And it's not just an industry or a certain sectorial challenge, it's a societal challenge. Um, we are facing a case where you know, we all know the population is aging, uh, we are more and more human beings on the planet. We are more and more human beings wanting to have access to care. And uh, if you calculate what it means in terms of demand, there is a tremendous growth. At the same time, we also know that in terms of resources and available for people to get access to care, there is a limit. You know, um, just put it very blunt, the lag time to produce an MD is 10 years. So are you going to wait for 10 years to get access to care? Probably not. Uh, you need to find a way to make sure that we use in the best possible way uh, the people available to provide care to, to patients and people around. We also need to make sure that we use all this money which is put into healthcare in a much better way. We have to face a unique, and we say efficiency crisis. And we are at a point where the pain is high enough to overcome any inertia around. Right. Yeah. And that's a very, very strong, I would say, a reason to hope that it's only forward. <laughs> Well, one, one of the things I have appreciate about you is your global perspective, and you mentioned this in the context of global. Um, what is your global view of where innovation is going, digital innovation? You travel all over the world. You're doing stuff all over the world. Maybe 
share some insight to the global opportunity here? So uh, it's very interesting because, and especially I, I really encourage to think about the digital solutions in a local context. Um, because healthcare context is highly dependent on where you live. So you can use you know, um, the high contrast between Philadelphia and Belize, but even if you are you know, compare the US system with the European system, um, they are extremely different. And as a consequence, the pain points, the inefficiencies, some of them are common and some of them are really different. The patient and the person experience managing his or her health in uh, those contexts is going to be different. Just let me take an example. You know, in Europe, a lot of the European countries, like mine, will care for people from birth to death, and they don't change. And they are followed through, I would say, the same system for their entire life. I mean, it means that for people who want to look into data in a longitudinal way, by the way, Europe can be a source of inspiration to feed some you know, um, content and insights. Uh, it means also that your partner in finding inefficiencies and resolving inefficiencies is going to be different. It's not going to be mostly private payers. It's going to be more institutional with the good, the bad, and the ugly coming with that, but also giving you potentially a longer perspective. Now, if you go to other countries, um, like China, uh, we all speak about China as you know, uh, a gigantic opportunity for industry, uh, the land of digital, everything being digitalized. But in healthcare, we also need to realize that China has um, a certain diversity and certain difference between tier one and tier two cities, the most advanced, and you know, a very vast amount of the population who is facing a totally different context of healthcare in terms of access, in terms of treatments being offered, in terms of ability uh, to get you know, the latest innovation or an appropriate diagnostic. And those are different pain points. So you need to really understand what is the need and what you're trying to tackle in the local context. And finally, you know, if you look at more um, developing countries where access is super limited, where there is no state system, where there are not even, I would say, decent HMOs, um, you can find other solutions where digital is going to help. It's going to help to optimize the access of patients, it's going to remove the constraints of distance, uh, is going potentially also to alleviate uh, some of the risk of you know, populations moving back and forth between where they live and where they can get access to care. So each and every time you have, it's putting a different light on different pain points that a care system needs to address. And that's where when you think about all the um, uh, healthcare digital endeavors, you can bring value slightly differently, but really help and make a difference. So there's an ecosystem here of entrepreneurs, of, of innovators. Um, you, you do a lot of partnerships with emerging companies. You've done some big ones recently. 
Um, how should startups be thinking about working with Bayer? How do you collaborate? What's the right entry point, point in? Okay, so two things. Um, Bayer is a global company. It's not just a German-based pharma. <clears throat> it's actually really a global company. And we are extremely present you know, well, in Europe, but also in US, and very strong also in China. So um, we, are, we have a very big you know, breadth of interest. And there are different ways of collaborating with us. They can be you know, related also very simply to our um, products, when we are finding ways to help uh, both um, physicians or patients to our people to better use our products or to get some support. And we are always looking for creative solutions to um, deliver not only a product, but a much better user experience in the end. So that's one thing where you can interact with us uh, directly um, through our G4A program, for example, because we have a lot of calls to action. Now, you've done a lot with G4A, yeah. and we're, we're one of the early pharma companies kind of really going all in on starting very early with startups. Um, is that going to continue on? Is that the Grants for Apps program? Uh, absolutely. No, uh, it's, I have no credit to claim on that because the people before my time actually did all the work, and I'm finding a great team really um, uh, in place and having a very interesting program and developing and maturing. You know, G4A is a startup in itself somehow because right. the model is evolving with time, is evolving, and we are learning. We are. Uh, co-learning actually with a startup. So G4A is definitely an entry point, not only to support the inline pipeline, but also I would say it's going to be going forward on a very big focus for us to feed our you know, the development of an ecosystem in our digital project and our digital strategy. We really want to continue that G4A experience, but also growing ourselves into something that can lead, uh, I would say, more and more companies into more execution and growth mode. And it's the recent evolution that will continue progressively with G4A. Now, there are also other programs which are coming up with um, our LEAPS investments, where we put uh, investments in different companies early on. It's not only for digital, actually, it applies to, to other uh, kind of innovations, but it's putting an early investment in something that is highly innovative and can really help us capture the wave of innovation early. And the case, uh, we put an investment in um, OneDrop. One we drop. also have stakes in Metapad. And there are a lot of, you know, even on the molecule side, some early technologies where we are investing through the LEAPS founding. And of course, um, for more mature or more advanced um, companies, uh, we have an extremely act, um, active business development. So to sum up, there is the G4A, which is more the maturation uh, aspects or catalyzing innovation mm -hmm. around what we are trying to build. There is the leaps, really, for more institutional investments and taking you know, equity. And there is the business development and licensing activities that are really now ramping up into the digital era area.
Well, I, I hope you uh, keep leaning into supporting these uh, emerging uh, companies, health transformers everywhere. They, they can really um, do so much when they can collaborate with global partners. So, so um, thanks for, for doing that. I thought we'd, we'd end with um, a quote that I read on your Twitter that you retweeted uh, recently in November. Um, the quote is, Dreams don't like to linger in dreamland for too long. Invite your dreams to the real world. Let them escape. And I, I love that. Um, so what dreams would you like to invite to the real world? There, I would say the essential dream is that um, there is a converging effort to make sure that we shift totally from I would say a systems that is scattered and siloed in something very much more united that really helps people dealing with health. And healthcare is a business. The healthcare is something with a purpose which is you know, way beyond the business. So invite your dreams and get them meet the reality and you know, your goal is to get your first smile on the face of a patient. And this is the dream I'd like to accomplish. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, John. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.